the Trudeau government will increase federal spending and will not provide any tax relief for Canadians, despite the ongoing inflation crisis and warnings from economists and opposition politicians to scale back its spending. A True North exclusive reveals a controversial diversity, equity and inclusion trainer got more than $315,000 from Toronto Peel school boards. A federal body in charge of human rights law says you might be perpetuating settler colonialism if you celebrate Christmas. Hello Canada, it's Wednesday, November 22nd, and this is True North's Daily Brief. I'm Lindsay Shepard. And I'm Isaac Lamaru. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Taxpayers will continue to have to foot the bill when it comes to massive increases in federal spending, even as the government charts its course forward with the newly released fall economic statement. The Canadian Taxpayers Federation, the CTF, issued a press release in response to the 2023 fall economic statement released by Deputy Prime Minister and Minister of Finance Chrystia Freeland on Tuesday. According to CTF's federal director, Franco Terrazano, The update provides little relief as the deficit continues to grow. Terrazano told True North, quote, This is the first time this government is starting to recognize reality, but spending is still billions higher than last year and the deficit is bigger. According to Terrazano, pressure is mounting on taxpayers, with interest charges on the national debt costing nearly $4 billion a month. The fiscal update indicates government spending will reach $488.7 billion this year, a notable increase from last year's $473.5 billion. This escalation in expenditure coincides with the deficit rising from $35 billion to $40 billion. The fiscal update also shows the national debt is projected to grow to $1.2 trillion by the end of 2023, with interest on the debt expected to cost $46.5 billion. Despite these figures, the update did not include any substantial tax relief measures. Isaac, is the government really that out of touch? Do they not see how their spending is driving inflation, interest rates, and the cost of living? Lindsay, I watched the entirety of the federal government's economic statement announcement yesterday, and I do not believe that the federal government could be much more out of touch. The entire time I was watching, I couldn't help but be uh, overwhelmed with confusion and frankly, a bit bit of anger. Throughout her speech, Christia Freeland essentially spent the entire time talking about how great Canada was and how much her government has done to make us what she essentially portrayed as the best country to ever exist under the best leadership. Uh, I suppose if I could sum it up in one word, that would be delusion. Take a look around, Freeland. The country isn't in the euphoric state that you tried to portray. Anyone that lives in Canada knows that we're in a terrible economic situation. The middle class is decimated, only the top 10% of earners can even afford to live here, and they too struggle. The millions of immigrants coming in are are forced to live on the street or turn around because they, they simply can't afford to live here. You're trying to fix your government's irresponsible spending habits with, surprise, more spending. How much worse are we going to let things get before we finally send this government packing? A controversial diversity, equity, and inclusion trainer raked in more than $315,000 in fees during the pandemic for her sessions with the Toronto District School Board and the Peel District School Board. The invoices for Kike Ojo-Thompson from the Kojo Institute 
obtained by True North's Sue Ann Levy through two separate Freedom of Information requests, covered primarily the years 2020 and 2021 for anti-racism sessions and advice. The person signing off on the majority of them is current TDSB Education Director Colleen Russell Rollins, who hired Ojo Thompson while she was still at the TDSB as Associate Director of Equity, Wellbeing, Early Years and School Improvement, and then repeatedly while she was Interim Director at the PDSB for one year between August 2020 and August 2021. One of the TDSB invoices from July of 2020 sent to Russell Rollins is for $45,765 for, quote, comprehensive leadership training on equity, training that was repeated many times in the invoices. Ojo Thompson came under intense fire in July after celebrated principal Richard Bilkso took his own life after being humiliated by the DEI trainer in two sessions in April and May of 2021 and being subsequently cancelled from temporary assignments by woke TDSB senior executives. This was despite a favorable WSIB ruling in June of 2021 that stated Ojo Thompson's conduct was, quote, abusive, egregious, and vexatious, and could be considered, quote, workplace harassment and bullying. Bilkso filed a $750,000 lawsuit against the board just before he took his own life. His lawyer, Lisa Bildi, recently told True North that the lawsuit is on hold while estate and other issues are settled. Lindsay, do you think parents in Toronto and Peel are aware of what their tax dollars are being spent on, let alone what their children are learning from these DEI instructors while at school? Well, I think DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, to a lot of people just sounds nice and wholesome. And how could you be against those principles? Um, of course, what we know is that DEI is actually about ideological conformity. It's about stamping out free thought and expression, um, as well as blaming white people and colonialism for all current societal ills. DEI practitioners also believe hiring should be race-based and gender identity-based. And, you know, the fewer white people and heterosexual people in positions of influence, the better, particularly in the areas of media, academia, politics, NGOs, and corporations. So, you know, that is the DEI outlook. And this worldview, the diversity, equity, inclusion worldview, has really infiltrated K-12 education to an extent that we may not fully know, because sometimes stories will make the news, like schools will send a notice home that they won't be celebrating Mother's Day at school because not every child has a mom. And that's equity, right? If one child potentially doesn't have a mom, then no one can celebrate Mother's Day. But there's a lot more going on. And, you know, I mean, my first child will be entering kindergarten next year. So I expect from next year onwards, I'll be realizing how much diversity, equity ideology and trans ideology has captured K-12 education. If you celebrate Christmas or any Christian holiday, you might be intolerant and perpetuating, quote, settler colonialism, according to a federal body in charge of human rights law. The Canadian Human Rights Commission, the CHRC, recently published a paper discussing anti-racism in the workplace, which describes the Christmas and Easter holidays as a form of discrimination and religious intolerance. Titled Discussion Paper on Religious Intolerance, the paper claims that because statutory holidays related to Christianity, including Christmas and Easter, are the only Canadian statutory holidays linked to religious holy days, they are therefore discriminatory. The CHRC argues that this is the case because, quote, non-Christians may need to request special accommodations to observe their holy days and other times of the year where their religion requires them to abstain from work. Further, according to the federal human rights body, 
Canada has a long history of religious intolerance, which is, quote, deeply rooted in our identity as a settler colonial state. Isaac, last time I checked, many non-Christians also celebrate Christmas and love the Christmas season, and non-Christians are permitted to celebrate their own religious holidays. So how exactly is Canada perpetuating settler colonialism here? Yeah, Lindsay, almost every person I've ever met celebrates Christmas, and not many of whom were Christians or religious at all. Christmas is about spreading love and joy, which is why I'm not surprised that some members of the woke mob want to abolish it. And funny enough, um, obviously non-Christian employees get more days off because they get Christmas off and also their religious holidays, which they get off. But those who even criticize uh, settler colonialism, like the CHRC, are the very ones who perpetuate it. I remember seeing a tweet recently where someone exposed a member of a university referring to themselves in their email as a, quote, settler. So it was like, thanks, he, him, settler. <laughs> what I don't understand is how uh, members of the woke mob have an issue with settlers, but I don't see any of them speaking out against Trudeau's insane immigration numbers while all these immigrants come to settle here. Do, do, you, do you find that I ironic? Yeah, I mean, I think the differentiation is settlers who came to Canada, you know, in, in around the 1800s, created the society that we live in. And immigrants today like that society. So they're not really creating it. They don't have a hand in creating the institutions of Western society, but rather they're attracted to them today and want to participate in them. But as for the point on Christmas, I mean, I saw a poll going around on X. Um, it's a Leger poll from last year. And it said, it asked, among those who grew up non-Christian you know, disagree or agree with this statement, I am offended when people greet me with Merry Christmas. So 8% agreed and 92% disagreed. So no one is offended with by Merry Christmas if they're non-Christian. No one actually wants to stop celebrating Christmas. Um, I'm not a Christian, but I love Christmas. And this is kind of related to another story that True North has covered before. Um, about how the Canadian Armed Forces issued a directive that prohibited chaplains from reciting religious prayers and from mentioning God during official public functions and ceremonies, including Remembrance Day. But going back to the original story here, Isaac, is this an example of why human rights commissions are a complete waste of taxpayer dollars and they do nothing to actually protect Canadians' human rights? Yes, Lindsay, they are a complete waste of taxpayer dollars. These commissions say they aim to promote human rights and prevent discrimination, though ironically, they so often seem to be pushing what they say they aim to abolish. While these human rights commissions and DEI offices have many problems, one recurring theme is that they try to turn every situation into the oppressors versus the oppressed. They assume that every situation is one of an oppressor versus an oppressed. Also, they genuinely believe that Canada is systematically racist, I do not, and ironically, I believe that these organizations are the very ones pushing such systemic racism. They love to say that if you do not think it's systematically racist, then it's because you're white. We've seen these organizations gladly be openly racist against white people. I wonder what the CHRC stance is on employees that were fired due to their vaccination status, something that actually was discriminatory against a human right, or many of the other human rights that were potentially violated during the lockdowns. Where were these virtuous human rights organizations then? The human rights commissions were on vacation during the pandemic, 
Some U.S. states like Florida are taking positions against DEI and ESG, which is Environmental, Social, and Governance Commissions. Alberta also had a policy against DEI orgs in universities at their AGM, albeit non-binding. Simply put, these DEI activists have to whip up hatred to keep themselves in business. I'm confident that people are going to start waking up and getting rid of these organizations like DEI and CHRC, or at least start holding them accountable and making sure they do what they're intended to, instead of spreading hate. Though... They're so far down the wrong path already that I'm not sure they can ever really become what they intended to be initially. Well, to your point, Isaac, about DEI being a business, you're absolutely right. For those who live in Ontario, for example, there's the sunshine list. So you can see people who are on public salaries that make above a certain amount of money. I think it's above $100,000 a year. And the diversity officers are usually all on there. They're very handsomely compensated, especially if they're you know, the head diversity officer of a university, you're looking at, you know, around $200,000 to $300,000 in compensation. So they absolutely have an interest in keeping that going. And to your point about where were the human rights commissioners during the lockdowns and during mandates when human rights were actually being violated um, on a mass scale, well, I can tell you that where I live, the BC human rights commissioner, her name's Kasari Govinder, she was pro-vaccine mandate. She was pro-mandatory masks. She released public statements on this saying that, yeah, we need more mandatory masks, we need lockdowns, and we need mandates. So that's how bad it really was. Well, that's it for today, folks. Don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Plus, The Andrew Lawton Show will be live today at 1 p.m. Eastern, and The Candace Malcolm Show will be posted later today. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Bye for now. Bye.